So we tune in to First Things First with the Queen of Black Talk Radio, Dominique to Prima. Go, sis. KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. And my first thing today and every day, giving thanksgiving praises, asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it going, keeping it moving. Uh, Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. You know, I believe, and if you're new, welcome welcome in. Uh, we, you know that we do hour one, we do local. Hour two, we go national. Hour three, we do a deep dive. And uh, it's all a little bit topsy-turvy because of election season. Um, so, but today, you know, we're pretty much sticking to that plan, except um, you're invited to call anytime especially right now because it's just me, you, and this microphone, but anytime. But between 7.15 and 8, we are opening up the phone to candidates for any office. I don't care if you're running for central committee, dog catcher. I'm told we don't elect dog catchers anymore. But whatever you might be running for, um, whether it is president uh, president of the United States or... um, a local council district in some of the smaller cities that we're not covering on the main stage or whatever your office might be, 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. We will give you four minutes to give your pitch, tell your story, um, and give out your campaign information. It's like a free commercial for you. Um, of course, hopefully you'll be much more riveting than just an ordinary commercial, 800-920-1580. It is also a messy Monday, and it's <laughs> it seems fitting with the rain pouring down, um, and even in the middle of election season, yes, we're going to do a messy Monday. Talking about relationships, because all of our marriages and um, situationships and whatnot have to survive this election season, so we're keeping that going today. That'll be in our final hour. Looking forward to having a couple in studio to get through Messy Mondays. Usually we'll have one um, gender or the other, one side of the equation or another. Sometimes we have psychologists and relationship experts. Today it's a couple and they will be sharing the messiness and magnificence of their union. And of course, you're welcome to share yours as well. So President's Day, um, I think it's befitting, befitting, it's fitting that on President's Day, we talk about presidents a little bit. And I was thinking about the whole debate around who the candidates will be, which is a little bit, you know, fantasy land. It's a little bit Disneylandy, but because conservatives keep insisting that there's going to magically uh, be a Joe Biden replacement, this conversation continues to have legs. Well, there won't be. He's the head of his party. They're not going to go. You you have an advantage as an incumbent, even if you're polling behind. And they're not going to just dump Joe Biden right now, not for Gavin Newsom, not for anybody. But I do think 
it's telling that they talk about Gavin Newsom. There's a couple of other names, Michelle Obama batted around that they're going to magically become the president. And it's, I call BS. The other thing I've noticed is no one says Kamala Harris, even though she should be next in line because she's the vice president. If anything were to happen to the president, if the president were uh, incapacitated, the vice president's main job is to be the backup prez. Um, for the most part, they are not just Kamala, all vice presidents, hidden in the shadows so they don't, you know, take the spotlight away from the chief executive. But it just goes to show you the anti-blackness, the anti womanness, and also the specific hit job that's been done on Vice President Kamala Harris. She's more than qualified to be president on day one. She would make a great president. And to me, part of the phobia that a lot of folks have around voting uh, for Biden is because they low-key do not want President Harris. I actually think she would be a great president. Um, But, you know, we need to be eyes wide open when it comes to the things we're saying to ourselves and others. The other thing, there was a interesting article in, I think it was in the LA Times, about how, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, about how presidential historians um, have rated, uh, you know, there's this group of historians that rate presidents. It's kind of... Um, it's an annual pastime, and then they have ranking, and um, it can shift according to new people doing a worse job or new uh, revelations or different attitudes about things that presidents did, pushing them down the list um, in hindsight. And according to that list, uh, Biden is 14, which puts him in the top third of all presidents. Um, and according to that list... Donald J. Trump, yeah, said it, is <laughs> number 46 of 46 presidents. So in other words, while the public may see Trump and Biden as, you know, close to equals, the polling shows that, that Trump is a little more popular, at least according to people who take polls, um, they may seem more or less equal, and the American public, for whatever reason, seems to be more worried about Biden's age than Trump's age. Actually baffling, considering that Trump is one of the most unhealthy persons in the known universe, if you track his um, habits, right? His 12 Diet Cokes a day, living on Burger King, has a phobia of exercise, thinks that the body has a limited amount of energy that it can expend over the course of a lifetime. So he actually thinks exercise makes you die sooner, which (laughs) flies in the face of every scientific research. Anyway, the public may be confused, but the the historians are not. And, uh, you know, Biden is credited with uh, returning uh, our democracy to some kind of normalcy, the norms and um, niceties and, and, and the position uh, uh, on the diplomatic world stage that America's more used to occupying. So happy President's Day. Apparently, you know, apparently Joe Biden could also be quoting um, Fidel Castro and saying, La historia me absolverá, which means history will absolve me. Famous <clears throat> quote from former Cuban President 
Fidel Castro, historians already have. Unfortunately, that may or may not resonate with voters so far. It hasn't. But it is sensible if you think about it. I mean, you've got presidents like uh, Andrew Johnson that are way down there. I think he might be 45th, just one up from Trump. On this President's Day, um, 809-201580, if you want to say something about that, of course, I think it's telling. Um, and I, it's also kind of a relief to me because it shows that whatever we're caught up in, because we as the American public, we get caught up in stuff. We, we, we get swept in, in momentum, or as the conservatives sh- say, we get to being sheeple <laughs> and being herded around. And having been on talk radio for, for such a long time, I feel like I've seen it. I've seen it. In fact, I've been on the wrong end of it, right? Um, when, when the U.S. went to war with Iraq, um, I was on the radio then. And I had the nerve to say that was a bad idea. And what does Iraq have to do with 9-11? Shouldn't we be go, going after Saudi Arabia or Al-Qaeda, wherever they are, which is, you know, as we saw, Afghanistan? Nope. Uh, it was Iraq. And for criticizing that, I was, it was one of the main reasons why I ended up getting fired from the Steve Harvey Morning Show because, or laid off, whatever you want to call it, fired, <laughs> pretty much fired, um, was because I was outspoken about Iraq. And um, once the country gets in that frenzy that we were in around that time after 9-11, folks got into a frenzy. They, they just had knee-jerk reaction to anyone Muslim and everything had to be about 100% patriotism, no logic, no actual facts or evidence. Uh, it's one of the reasons, you know, why I admire Barbara Lee, because to make a statement, you know, to stand up against a war at a time when the country is on its, you know, frenzy, uh, period. It's, it's really hard to do. I, I saw another one of those frenzies around COVID, right? The emergency phase of COVID-19 where people go into a frenzy, only this time people went into two corners. Um, and you, you had to be one extreme or the other. You weren't allowed to say like, well, you can make your own choice whether you want to take a vaccine. Um, it's recommended for the following reasons, but if you don't want to do it, find other ways to take care of yourself. Now you're controversial. Um, luckily, I did not kick, get kicked off of the front page for my views. But, you know, here I am at KBLA where, you know, I'm, I have found a very happy home because um, this is a talk radio station. And we are unapologetically outspoken, unapologetically progressive, unapologetically uh, fact-based, right? Evidence-based. Uh, me and the owner of this station or... Um, you know, any of the other executives here could disagree on something. But we go back to, well, well, what's the, what's your source? <laughs> what's your source? And I think that's so important. That's why I'm always talking about media literacy, because we get in these frenzies. I think we're in a bit of a frenzy right now around this election. I really do. Maybe it's not as bad as 9-11, but it feels a little bit like that. Um it's like a cross between 9-11 and COVID emergency phase because it has the sort of blind 
uh, leader, blind following aspect that we had around 9-11, but the polarization that we had around the emergency phase of COVID. So it's kind of the worst of both worlds where people are just, and this includes some black people, few, tiny bit. Oh, you know, we're, we're taking our talking points from social media or from our little, um, our little group, you know, whatever that little, little silo is. And we're running with it, running, running, running with it. And I think this is particularly dangerous for black people because honestly, um, even I was getting caught up to the point where I was like, you know, I don't know if I can vote, vote for Biden. Why is that? Well, in a word, Gaza, um, in another word, Haiti, um, that said, when you look at domestic policy, you have to. I mean, I, unless, you know, if you're in a, in, if you're in a safely blue state like California, I could go ahead and vote for Cornell Williams or write in, you know, Fred Hampton. No, you know, I, 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 and it wouldn't impact the outcome because Trump is not going to win in California. But for most of you, you're going to be making a choice that will impact uh, the outcome. And so we have to look at not just um, the big picture, but also our block, our town, our state, our children, most of all our children. You're getting in a frenzy with this theoretical, oh, Biden is a racist. Well, um, as pretty much 45 out of 46 presidents have been, hello, Hello, long line of white men with gray hair. Um, hello, America. Yes, it is a racist country. <laughs> Sorry to surprise you, Nikki and Kamala and Joe and whoever else is. It's that's like it's like a you know a test. You have to. It's like getting jumped into into the presidential gang. You have to say this is not a racist country. Anyway, happy President's Day. <laughs> I say exercise your right to vote, regardless of how mad you are. Don't get caught up in the, you know, in the frenzy. I think we are in a bit of a frenzy. And I expect it's going to get heightened as um, as we get closer to November. 809-20-1580 if you want to weigh in on this or anything else. I've got a bunch of things going on here locally that I would like to talk to you about, get you caught up on, not the least of which is this storm, uh, the monsoon, as I call it, the atmospheric river part two, uh, started last night and it's meant to pound us through Wednesday. So I hope you're taking every precaution. If you're not familiar with what those are, you know, let's talk about it. 809-201580. This is This is the place where we can talk about all of that stuff. We are elevating black and progressive voices around the clock. We are KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now. So what they, you know, the basic guidance is... If you need sandbags, get them to keep the water from flooding into your house. Uh, If you're out and about, 
<clears throat> don't touch any power line or anything that looks down because you probably get electrocuted. Try not to drive if you don't have to. It only takes a couple inches of rain to make your car go dead or start hydroplaning. That's where you lose control of the car. If you do lose control of your vehicle, do not try to accelerate through it. Lift uh, your foot up on the accelerator and slow down until you can get traction and um, regain control of your vehicle. Um, and of course, it's the earthquake advice, right? Have plenty of water and canned foods and um, other supplies so you don't have to go trudging about in the rain trying to get food. And also just in case, you know, we, we could see um, widespread power outages. Not as bad, they said, as last atmospheric river. You know it's serious when they make up a new word for something atmospheric river that's been pretty intense but not um it's supposed to be not as bad as last time we'll see uh today yeah you know and then tomorrow really strong and then tapering off again on wednesday so we shall see i just hope you stay safe um and i'm really feeling for those folks it's so ironic that palos verdes and um Baldwin Hills, Baldwin Vista are probably among the hardest hit areas in terms of mudslides. You've got this super wealthy enclave right out there um, by the ocean with uh, Palisades, I mean with um, Palos Verdes. And then over here near where we are, the the hilly areas uh, above uh, Coliseum around uh, Kenneth Hahn Park just experiencing devastating mudslides with people's hills ending up in their living rooms. And uh, there are some resources. I suggest you, you know, go on the city website, go on the uh, FEMA website and see, um, ag again, as someone who's dealing with this recently informed me, the president has not declared this an emergency yet. So FEMA is not yet helping folks out, but that could still happen. Uh, there are some city resources. One thing you want to do is document any damage that you have with lots and lots of pictures um, so that, you know, if you have the opportunity to get relief, you have the proof. Um, and I, I just, you know, I just pray no one loses their home over this because if the, if the damage is serious enough and folks can't afford to pay it back, you know, once again, it's another way folks get displaced from their homes. Let's go to Dwight calling us from the city of Compton. Good morning, Dwight. Good morning, Dominique. Uh, Hotep, peace to everyone there. You, uh, you, Miles, Tavis, and thank you for having such a great uh, radio station to keep us informed. And I'm just praying for the, uh, uh, and also a shout out to the hardworking postal workers that have, some of them have a day off today. And I'm just praying that everyone stays safe uh, during this rainy season. Uh, remember, in the late, uh, in the, the Republicans have been lying to us about global warming since the 1970s. They knew that this was was going to happen, but they they picked profits over doing something about global warming. And uh, I'm so glad that your radio station has this uh, uh, global warming uh, project that they're doing. But what I really want to call you about, Dominique, uh, tying it to President's Day, President Teddy Roosevelt went to uh, visit this black community in uh, Mount Bayou, Mississippi, and, and called it the Jewel of the South. What happened uh, in this city called uh, 
Mount Bayou, Mississippi, the, the slave owners, which was a Davidson plantation, they allowed their slaves to read and teach uh, their children how to read. So they created the best cotton in the world in uh, 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 Mount Bayou, Mississippi. And what happened, uh, President Teddy Roosevelt came to visit them, and he saw it was almost like a black Wall Street in Mississippi that that mimicked the uh, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. They had more black millionaires in this city, this community, than any place else in Mississippi. And what it was, um, the uh, AARP of Mississippi has a film on YouTube, and it's called uh, the, Hist- the, uh, the History of um, Mount Bayou, Mississippi. Uh, we can look, you can look it up online. Uh, we we must uncover this history, Mount Bayou, Mississippi. And I was so impressed with this film I saw yesterday on uh, YouTube. And uh, they, they they had uh, so many great black people that uh, tied to that city. Uh, Megger Evans was tied to that city, and this doctor, um, the uh, first doctor that uh, was so good in Mount Bayou, he was a uh, doctor. I. I, uh, I think it was Dr. Uh, Hamilton. He was so good. The white uh, Mississippi people would call him at night to come and, and minister to them because during the daytime, you know, it would be too embarrassing to have a black doctor come to your house. But uh, I was so impressed with this film by uh, AARP in Mississippi. Uh, yeah, well, it's I great. It's mm-hmm. great. So I'm up against the clock here, Dwight, because, uh, you know, bottom and top of the hour, we always do news, traffic and sports. But it is awesome that so many folks do uh, these documentaries and, uh, you know, examinations for Black History Month. It's one of the reasons why Black History Month is a good thing, even though some of us celebrate, you know, 24-7, 365. Uh, some of these documentaries, like the one you're describing, which I will look for are one of the benefits of Black History Month. News, traffic, and sports, and more of your phone calls on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do appreciate you, and as always, I love to hear from you. 800-920-1580 if you want to tap in. Lots of crazy things going on um, this situation with uh you know drug use right now fentanyl and the different all of the different additives and uh, fake drugs coming from mostly coming from mexico um fentanyl laced products you don't know what folks are getting the former ceo of youtube son died on campus at uc berkeley and they're saying they believe that well the grandmother says that they believe it was a a drug-related death. Um, his name was Marco Troper. He's a freshman at UC Berkeley, and he was found um, on campus, dead, um, pronounced dead by emergency responders. No signs of foul play. There's an investigation going on. But these sudden deaths of kids on college campuses, high school kids, just is so troubling. And while I get the fentanyl task forces and the cr- the crackdowns on um, the drug trade, 
I feel like there has to be something more that we can do um, in terms of well, it's education or what it is to reach young people. You're never going to scare kids out of doing stuff like that, but you can, I believe you can impact them um, with information, with truthful, non-spinny, because kids are going to look everything up anyway. They're, they're going to, they're going to have a counter narrative from their friends and then they have endless um, information and misinformation on social media and the internets. So we, here in LA, we do have um, an interim chief, Dominic Choi, who is taking over uh, the LAPD at the end of this month. He will, he's the first Asian American. He's Korean uh, to be precise, been with the LAPD a long time, he's a ally of the current chief, Michael Moore, and apparently the mayor has said that whoever is in that interim position is not eligible to become chief. So that means that um, the search is on. And while there are rumors swirling about who that next chief might be, um, the mayor has said, and the L.A. Police Commission has stated that they are doing a, na- a nationwide search. Um, my colleague, um, Connie Rice, I call her my colleague, not because I'm an attorney, <laughs> an award-winning attorney like her, but because she is a regular contributor to KBLA Talk 1580, civil rights attorney, uh, has famously sued the LAPD many times, and other... Um, agencies here in Los Angeles to help bring equity, fairness. Um, She wrote an op-ed for the Los Angeles Times where she talks about what we have to consider in looking for the next chief of police. Um, And it's really, it's an interesting article. Um, She's worked closely with with police chiefs um, Beck, Bratton, um, and others and she's outlining what has to be dealt with on the LAPD before we can make the right choice for the next police chief. She will be joining me tomorrow in the second hour of the show for a Talking Point Tuesday conversation because I believe when it comes to LAPD, what keeps us safe, what's happening with the chief of police, what's happening with the department. It is like an endless string of talking points. And I have interviewed every police chief um, since I've been in L.A., which means, you know, um, a lot of police chiefs. And they have, they are the masters of talking points. They will tell you the same thing four different ways over and over again and at great length. So you only end up getting to ask maybe two questions in the whole interview. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't interviewed Choi, but technically he's not chief yet. But other than that, I've talked to all of them going back to Chief Parks. Um, and it's quite interesting that Connie Rice has written this you know, really interesting, this real, this analysis about what is needed for the LAPD and what the problems are. And she says, I wish I could say that in 2024, the LAPD was on the right track. I cannot. I know that 
Connie Rice has been willing to work with LAPD to try to get them on point with the consent decrees and other analysis of the department. Um, and so for her to say that is significant. She's not someone who's just always standing outside saying this department can, you know, can never be right. She's not an abolish the police person. She's not an abolitionist. In other words, she's not, um, she's a critic, but a critic who's been willing to work closely with them to try to fix some of the problems. And she says, as this newspaper has documented, the department in just the past few years has been buffeted by misconduct and leadership scandals from its flawed response to the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests to record awards to civilians for police abuses to allegations of sexism and misogyny in the ranks and in promotions to recent claims of theft and other corruption among gang unit officers. She also goes in on the... Um, the discrimination that black officers face within the department. Um, and like I said, Attorney Rice will be with us tomorrow. So we'll go into this a little bit more um, in depth, a lot more in depth, and see what the way forward is and how she sees the process that's going on now in terms of finding the next chief. Um, she also describes something called Kill the Messenger, where management tries to hide or, you know, sweep under the carpet bad news, lapses in supervision and what she calls watered down policing standards and police knowledge gaps. It's a pretty grim picture she's painting. Um, and so what is the way out? What is the way forward? It, it, I mean, it tracks with what we're seeing. If you're me and you're reading uh, every day, in the paper about what's what's going on with the LAPD and then finding out more from, you know, protests and uh, some of the investigations that I do off the mic. It, it's a, we are at a very crucial moment and under the leadership of Mayor Karen Bass, hopefully we get a better outcome, right? Um, the LA Times on yesterday, on uh, the birthday of Audre Lorde, big birthdays this weekend, um, had an opinion piece by the editorial board where they praise Mayor Bass for her leadership around the search for a police chief. And they said, you know, the way, the, the way they frame it is that a year ago it looked like she was blowing it when it came to the chief, and now it seems like she's quietly um, leading a process that will lead to some of the change that we need. And if, you know, if in that's a correct analysis, which it seems like it is, that's what Mayor Bass does. Uh, she's, you know, <laughs> she, she doesn't, I remember when I sat on the board of directors for the Community Coalition when she was still the director of that organization that she started here in, in South L.A., and she used to say, you don't organize by press conference. You do your work, and then you announce when you've made progress or when you've actually accomplished a thing. And uh, that's just, it's, 
indicative of her leadership style. She's not out here saying, rah, rah, me, rah, rah, look at all the great things I've done. She's behind the scenes working to try to get stuff done. Um, And one of the things that we've seen is after all the brouhaha, Chief Moore has stepped down. Just it'll just be six months into the second term that he fought so hard to get. Uh, again, um, this is his own choice. Air quotes around his own choice, as he says he's going to spend more time with his family. But here we see uh, the mayor launching a national search for a new police chief, and according to uh, this is what the L.A. Times says. Uh, that has become clear that Bass has been steering the LAPD transition all along. Um, Love to hear your thoughts on that or whatever else is on your mind this rainy morning. 800-920-1580-800-920-1580. A really sad story. An eviction dispute leads to a suicide. Hope it's not a harbinger of things to come. I'm Dominique DePrima, and you are listening to Unvarnished, Unbothered, Unbossed, and Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. And a big shout out. Oh, now I feel like I'm going back to my early days in Radio Miles doing shout outs. <laughs> big shout out. A big shout out to all the people who are at work and cannot call in but uh, are on YouTube watching and participating at whatever level they can on the keyboard while still doing whatever your job is, or, or, or maybe you're on your way to work. Um, I, I appreciate you so, so much. So the, the story um, is from KTLA, and this happened Friday in Northridge where a manager at an apartment complex got into an argument with one of the tenants there. They were in the process of evicting this woman from her apartment. And apparently she got into an, uh, the, the, um, the landlord and the tenant got into a dispute. A SWAT team was brought in. There was a standoff. Um, the, the 40 year old, the, the, apartment manager person and was shot, but was uh, critical and stable condition survived. But later the SWAT team found the suspect, AKA the tenant, AKA the woman that was put about to be put out on the streets dead in her apartment. She shot herself 70 year old woman. And, you know, I don't, I'm, I am speculating, you know, you know, I always tell you guys when I'm speculating, because there's no more information on this that I've been able to find. I've been looking, but it's troubling to me because we are at the point now where our unhoused crisis has gotten this serious and where most of us know that if you are thrown out of your apartment or you're evicted for some reason, 
it's going to be hard to get into another one if you don't have a stash of cash. You know, um, first and last and, and, and rising rents, it's just expensive. I saw an article in the LA Times, I think it was about a week ago, where it was saying that rents are going down in most of LA, except for Orange County, where they keep going up. And they're coming down a little bit now. But even now, I mean, even if it's down slightly, it's still re- insanely high. And the other piece of the puzzle is that a lot of our unhoused are elders. They're retirement age folks, right? 70 is supposed to be the retirement age now. But people in their 60s, 70s are making up a huge percentage of the folks on the street. And a lot of times what happens, they're trying to survive on Social Security or SSI or whatever, you know, fixed income they have, while prices continue to go up for groceries and essentials, and the rent is too damn high. And it's a formula for disaster. Now you think about, I mean, I don't know, the person could have had mental illness, she could have been a career criminal, there could have been family pressures, I don't know. But from what meets the eye here, you think about being 70 and being evicted. So now, where do you go? On um, what what is what is what is my you know her life can look like? It's troubling. It really is, and it's it goes to um, this idea that we need to think about. And I know you know Mayor Bass is thinking about this, but hopefully we're looking at it at the state and federal level too, which is shelter for the the elders right with um w- with supportive services that include medica- medical services because f- for those that have been on the streets the un- you know the unhoused elders their medical problems are going to get exponentially worse from living in situations where they don't have the option of self-care Eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. Sad news uh, for Snoop Dogg. Um, and a quick snapshot of the district attorney's race, which I keep saying is the um, probably one of the most important things on your ballot. We'll look at that and more when we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. A safe place to go loud, loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. And um, just condolences uh, going out to Snoop Dogg, his uh, younger brother, Bing Worthington, uh, died on Thursday at the age of 44. Um, and he worked with Snoopy. He worked his way up through, um, Snoop, Snoop Dogg's company, became tour manager, executive producer at the record label. And I've seen so many posts, uh, to this young man that, um, you know, it's, it, to me, it, it indicates how popular he was in this business. I think it's very, very sad. I, myself, um, my younger sister was murdered, so I understand how it is to lose a sibling and just doesn't feel like they're supposed to be gone yet. Um, 
So rest in peace. Um, rest in peace, Mr. Worthington. I, I never met him. Um, I, you know, I don't personally know him. I've met Snoop a number of times and, uh, I just, I feel for him and their whole family. Um, really, really, really sad day. Um, and obviously gone way too soon, way too soon. Rest in peace to being Worthington and condolences going out to Snoop and their, their entire family. Lovely to see so many artists, um, you know, up giving tributes and, and offering support to Snoop and his family. So the election is upon us. I mean, the voting is now. If you have received your ballot, you can vote right now. A lot of us won't because we're not ready. Why do I know that? Because every year, every election year around election day and the day before I get a whole bunch of people texting me asking me, what should I vote on this? What should I vote on that? I don't mind that because it makes me feel like you trust me and I'm honored by that. But you know, sometimes it's also good to see for yourself. And we do have a lot of information up on the KBLA website. I said I was going to do an overview of the DA's race. I'm not going to have time to do it right now. Um, I, as I can, I can see, uh, we're moving towards uh, Mindful Monday with Sahara Ali, news, traffic, and sports. And then, of course, open phones is not just for people running for office. It's also for you. But um, from 7.15 to 8, we are calling all candidates, open call for candidates. If you want your four minutes of fame, uh, we've got it for you at 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. Suffice it to say, there are 12 candidates running for DA. We'll talk more about this later. And you can hear interviews with many of them at kbla1580.com. I'm Dominique Duprima for KBLA Talk 1580.